When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. There was also news there recently that breakdancing has been confirmed for the Olympics 2024. And joining me now is Jason Ng and Griff Rolofsson. And uh, Jason, if I just start with you, um, the, um, the, the, the breakdancing in the Olympics has been um, great, but you wanted to talk about the, the language around it, that it's not actually called breakdancing anymore. <laughs> It's it's a, that's an interesting point. Yeah, breakdancing is actually a term that emerged in the 1980s, uh, which was essentially manufactured by media companies who were trying to captivate the energy of hip hop arts and really, you know, package it in this commodifiable way. And breakdancing became the term that was used by and appeared across newspapers, magazines, radios, televised broadcasts around the world. And that's what it became known as in the mainstream. But dancers, mm-hmm. b-boys, b-girls, and everyone involved in hip-hop culture actually never use the term breakdance to describe what we do. So what we actually are doing is breaking. That's the, how we've tried to, you know, t- describe the dance, how we've, we've communicated it. Mm. So breakdance is actually a misnomer for what we actually are doing. So there's been a lot of effort in trying to negotiate that, that term back, you know, after a, a, a fairly large misunderstanding. Um, but yeah, so hopefully that sort of that, that opens up a bit of dialogue about where we are with our culture and like trying to, you know, communicate that properly. And has the name been officially changed in the Olympics? Yeah, I mean, the, that's a, a really big win. I think uh, a lot of b-boys and b-girls who are involved in the Olympic process and getting breaking into the Olympics in the first place uh, really fought to make sure that our culture is represented and is being represented, there are obvious concerns about how, you know, institutionalizing a dance form that has a, a rich history already and, and, and framing it as a sport can also often, you know, open different conversations and, and trigger different opinions around what, what's, you know, how it's being treated, is it being exploited? Mm-hmm. But I think there are a lot of people who have taken on the roles in these organizations to really try and negotiate and, uh, and make sure that our culture is seen and, and heard as well. And uh, Jason, you're uh, based in UCC, and um, the y- you study breaking, and um, you're you know talking about it going into the Olympics now. Um, do we all like f- to get a sport like this recognised in the Olympics? Must be a massive thing for for you guys. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible it's an incredible moment. Um, whether the the it, it will be truly beneficial and you know how it's all going to roll out is yet to be seen you know we, we've seen some really interesting success with the youth olympic games 
Um, but of course, there are there are so many you know opportunities that come from this. You know, there there are it's it's becoming legitimized to a in different places where it wasn't being seen before, and you know, there's an, a whole economy around this that that will open up as well. Um, so there's there's definitely interesting events on the horizon for 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 b boys and b girls participating in in um into the future and there is a global hip hop study special issue breaking and the olympics so if anybody wants to read that to find out about it um where can they get that from uh that's available on intellect books uh, griff and i have uh, been working with uh, my co-author mary fogarty on uh, making sure it's open access and available um all the papers will be are written by either scholars who are dancers most of most mm-hmm. of them are uh, practice led pieces um so we encourage people if they are looking for information from around the world we have perspectives from philippines south africa the us australia um and europe all across europe and in ireland and in the you know everywhere we really encourage people to get involved come to our sessions as well uh we we have a mo- monthly uh speaker series where we get researchers to present their ideas to to share with the community and so we have this sort of uh multi-directional dialogue being open so it's not just you know research in a bubble we're really trying to get people involved from the community to say their piece to have an influence on how things are being understood and and just sort of make sure that we're we're getting the community to understand what's happening around them because i think that what history has sort of told us is being disconnected and and not unified in our understanding of what we're doing and where we're at uh makes it really difficult to sort of uh anticipate any problems or or things into the future so it's good to to have a community of practice where people can really tap in and get involved and what type of academic debate happens around breaking um a lot of it is really about how much of this process especially if we're talking about in relation to the olympics is how much of our cultural identity is going to be um preserved you know our history our 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 traditions and and all all of the practices and and what sort of ethical standard are we holding ourselves to to make sure that we 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 make sure that those things are communicated and and not um i guess lost to the institutionalization or the promise of money or commercial outcomes as well so there's a, a big tension around what this institutionalization will do for breaking or what breaking can do for this institutionalization you know the institutionalization of dance sport as part of the olympics so um lots of sort of debate around where it's going what benefits there are who it benefits over who but it's a really important discourse and i think it's an important uh, conversation to be had and it's we we're lucky that we're having it now ahead of it, you know ahead of tw- uh, paris 2024 um and people can still get involved and we can still develop and build and and um make sure that if there are issues we can iron them out and hopefully there yeah. are people who are in roles which you know can make those those um those issues heard to people who are talking about it in the IOC And what are the conclusions of all these discussions like what core values are being treasured by the meetings? I think for for the most part like we really just wanted to open up a platform where researchers who are looking into this moment, you know, looking into the dance, researching the the sort of socio-historic perspectives to get feedback from people and to like essentially connect the communities around the world in a way that you know every every sort of I guess country has their own community culture that's connected to different places through people through the through media through internet you know uh, but i think a lot of the time these these convers- 
Oh, we seem to have conversations are happening happening in ice. So at least bring them together. We've we've really been able to at least build the fundamental part of hip hop culture for me, which is a community. And I think that's the most important thing that's uh, essentially come of it. Jason, you're in Australia and Asia at the minute. Uh, what's happening with the breaking scene over there? Is it different to what's happening over here? Yeah, I mean, I think breaking in Australia is particularly um, has been particularly isolated for a long time. Um, we're sort of in the in, you know the South Asia Pacific, and uh, it's it's fairly competitive. It's still doing you know we're, we're still reprising our cultural traditions. There's a lot of people um, participating, but you know I would say in Asia there's a, a really higher degree of professionalization of dance. Um, there's a sizable difference in the participating communities. Uh, especially in places like Japan and Korea, you know, if, if I could give a, a sort of comparable rough statistic that was quoted to me once, um, if you look at something like Australia, we may have, you know, five, six hundred people, B-boys and B-girls participating across the country, whereas in Japan, it might be 25,000. Mm. Um, the, the concentration of dancers in Japan is, is astounding. And they've got industry around them supporting them as well. They've got a, a very particular model which has allowed them to flourish. So it's it's quite different in, in Asia than it is in a lot of other places. And uh, Griff Rolofsson, you're um, involved with UCC Hip Hop. What's the scene like here? Yeah, thanks for having us. Um, yeah, so the Cypher, Jason's part of the Cypher project at UCC, which is um, funded by the European Research Council. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the whole idea is, you know, looking at how different hip hop cultures like breaking um, exist in different parts of the world. So, for instance, um, you know, just this summer we did a um, an event called Ubuntu, actually in September, um, where we brought the Cork Migrant Center together with uh, youth from the Cabin Studio. Yeah. And part of that, a big part of that, was dance. There weren't um, traditional breakers. But in the past, we've had um, the Rebel Rockers are the crew in uh, Cork here. Uh, the, uh, or excuse me, the Rhythm Rebels here in Cork City. And it's the Limerockers in Limerick, which is where Toby Omoteso comes from, um, who's this amazing dancer in, um, in Ireland. I still don't know if he is going to represent Ireland in the mm. Olympics, but we need to talk to him. We, ha- we have some amazing dancers here that put their own spin um, so to speak, on uh, on the breaking traditions, um, you know, bringing them together with Irish uh, dance traditions. Or, for instance, Toby um, comes from a he's a Nigerian um, Irish background. You know, bringing their backgrounds into the dance, and that's one of the things that Cipher is really interested in: is how how do different communities use hip hop, whether it's music or dance around the world, how do they localize it and make it their own? Yeah, I was just going to ask you actually about Ireland and uh, would we have Team Ireland in the Olympics representing um, uh, breaking? Do you think that that's a possibility? Can you see it happening in, in 2024? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, th- I'm really excited to see um, how, it, how it goes here. There's been some discussion. Again, Toby's the main one that I know. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, there are a lot of other, um, let's see, Ines and trying to remember some other folks. Uh, there's a, there's another, I think, Polish-Irish dancer, okay. I'm, not, I'm forgetting his name now, but there's some really high level um, competition. And, and like Jay says, um, you know, the challenge is going to be whether, which places um, are, are sort of a more cultural 
um, you know, small underground communities versus these large, really um, places where where the where dance where breaking is already um, used as a as a, in a competitive environment. And what's valued? So is yeah. it sort of you know is it the athleticism or is it the style? Um, and I'm, these are the discussions that they they're having um, in terms of on on these sessions that Jace is hosting. Um, yeah. What is valued and yeah. So like Ireland on the breaking scene, I mean, like we're we're considered quite, um, you know, competent, I suppose, aren't we? That like we're we're ahead of other countries, I think, um, possibly above UK and Germany when it comes to breaking. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not even sure. I'm in ter- again, this is in terms of the, the values. Um, it's like like uh, Jace was saying, um, what are <laughs> it depends on what gets valued. I don't know if we'll be up there like we were in terms of uh, uh, rowing mm, yeah. <laughs> in the Olympics. I, I don't know if we'll, be, if we'll be gold medal level, but I think we will be in the discussion. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, I mean, it's the, it, it will certainly, um, this this uh, cultural form from hip hop, you know, the, the history that Jace is talking about, um, we don't want to forget that history of, you know, uh, Black and Latino youth yeah. who didn't have anything, who, who took a piece of cardboard out um, onto the streets or in the subways and developed this art form. And that's what's at stake when Jace talks about, you know, what the values of this art form. We don't want it to just become um, something that is just, um, I don't want to say just athletics, Mm. but we want to remember, tell that story, that term, the break, the breaks, it comes from uh, mixing two, to uh, the break of a disco record or a funk record where you just loop and that's the the chance for the dancers to really do their thing. And like knowing that history is an important part of this music. And Griff, if anyone listening here wants to get involved in breaking here in Cork, where can they go? Like, can they contact you or, you know, is there lessons that they can take somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. There there are lessons. Um, Ines used to have a studio. You know what? Uh, Follow us at, at Global Cypher on um, Twitter, at global and then C-I-P-H-E-R. And I'll post some links up there. You can okay. check us out there to get get involved. Fantastic. And um, a listener has been in touch here to say, who do you think would get uh, gold in the Olympics 2024? Would it be Japan? Turn that over to Jace. What, <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Jace? Oh, it's, uh, I mean, at this, I mean, yeah, it's hard to tell. They're, everyone's moving very quickly and they're such high you know, highly skilled, highly professional dancers competing at this high level as well. So I, I would say, you know, US has a, has a strong hand in it. Um, but Japan definitely has a, some front runners in the game. Um, they took out, I believe the, uh, youth Olympic game medal or two of the youth Olympic games medals, which were, were, you know, the, the first of the breaking Olympic game medals to be handed out, some of them went to Japan. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised to see Japan in the in the finals again. Fantastic. Is France, yeah. the host country, I think, has a strong tradition too. Is it called smurfing there, Jace? Not sure. Yeah, I've heard that term for breaking, for b-boying is smurfing in France. Smurfing. Okay, well, that's one that we have to keep an eye on so as well. <laughs> Listen, Griff and Jason, thank you so much for joining us um, on that. And we'll definitely be keeping an eye out for um, an Ireland representative at the Olympics um, in 2024. Courts 96 FM. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.